Up From Work podcast. My name's Dave Swillam. Let's get ready to hustle. All right, live on Facebook, live on IG. We got people hanging out, good people out there. You ready to hang out? Yeah, it looks like we got some people I recognize here. So you dang, this entertaining. Let's make this work. Oh shit, pressure's on. Okay, yeah. welcome back to the Waking Up From Work podcast. You're listening to episode 127. This is your host, Dave Swillam. This is where we get to work, making work a passion, living life full-time creative. If you're new to the show, this is where we interview <laughs> entrepreneurs, creatives, artists, people living alternative lives, and just talk about doing the things that we want to do instead of doing the things that sometimes people feel like we have to do. So I'd like to welcome today on the show, Jeff Garmeyer. I get it? Nailed it. it. All right, sick. There's always like a moment of truth where you shoot it out there and you're like... Just kidding. No, we've known each other for years. We've been (laughs) practicing this off and on for weeks. We have a... I know Jeff's family. You know, we go way back. Yeah, Thursday evening session where you practice my last name and it yep. all came down to this and you got it right. Unbelievable. <laughs> this is my Olympics, people. This is it. Right here. Yeah. Some people do Tokyo. You do. Well, I'm in Bozeman. I don't know where you are. Uh, Boston, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> I'm two hours north of Boston. I'm in Maine. Oh, wow. Near Sweet. Portland, Maine. Nice I was actually here. literally two days ago in the most east city in the entire United States in Lubeck, right outside Whoa. of Canada. So that's where the the sun rises first. That's where the first light is. Oh, that is Acadia National Park. And I think Dang. that's because there's a mountain that you can jump on up there, but that's technically not as east. That's cheating. There. So, yeah, but congratulations. Yeah. Thanks, man. Welcome, Jeff Garmeyer from Free Outside. We're going to break down because Jeff kind of is another one of those people that does like a bunch of different things. But Jeff is a author on a book. He is probably first and foremost, a hiker, runner, explorer, someone that is a nature and outdoors blogger through both posts and videos and creating routes and all sorts of things like that. Is that a fair synopsis, Jeff. I don't know if that's like does you justice because we're going to get into the bones of like everything that you really do in these spaces. But yeah. The most ridiculous thing every time is like, oh, send in a short bio. And it's like, I don't know, just like insert everything to some degree. That's kind of freelancing in general and especially in the outdoor space. So I think you did a good job. I mean, those are all things I enjoy. I've made a little money at some of them and some less, but it's all fun to do them all. I just read real quick because I know that I'm going to like go off and I don't want to ignore this one. So Warden Jickens, sorry if I butchered that, my eyesight's bad, but he said, the name is fitting because I napped on the clock all day. <laughs> that's like, that's how I feel. That's exactly why this podcast is out there. And then we have, heck yeah, we love Jeff. <laughs> Nothing does the legend justice. So, and I like Crocs and Tigers and that also sounds legit. And I've seen your video of running in Crocs and I see the tiger right here. So we got it all today, man. Yeah, I brought it all. We're game time. So Jeff, we have like a bunch of different things I want to get more into because of looking at your site. I didn't read your book yet. I'm going to check that out. But looking at your site and looking through some of your videos and stuff, do you want to just tell people who don't know Free Outside, people don't know you, Jeff, how did we get here? How did this happen? I know that we've got a bunch of different pieces of your journey that you tackle at a time, but how did we go from, you know, I know that you were in school. I read the story about how like you ran into some through hikers and you were like, I love this shit. But like, how did we get from there to literally years and years and and over 30,000 miles of hiking? And just like, this is now Jeff is just being out there free outside and telling people what's up about it. How did that happen? Yeah, I think we got to go way back to childhood when I started backpacking with my mom and dad, just like three miles into a lake. And over, you know, a couple of years, I got bit by so many mosquito bites one trip that my parents took me to daycare and they thought I had chicken pox because the mosquito bites were so intense. Wow. Another time I had Giardia at a year and a half years old, which is not the best look for parents, but like it was great growing <laughs> up and getting outside and stuff. It was a really good introduction, and I never would have met those 
people backpacking the Pacific Crest Trail without my parents taking us outside. And so kind of went through a pretty traditional childhood up into college, um, still getting outside on the, the weekends, like really introduced to backpacking and stuff. But back then it was more like 50 pound packs and less miles, I guess, than I do now. But and then in college, it was at that critical stage of like sophomore year when it's like, oh, do I apply to degree I'm going into or whatever? And it was like, well, I sure hate engineering. I already got a internship in this and did not enjoy it. So it was like, I think I'm going to go hike the Pacific Crest Trail. <laughs> I'm going to take a little bit more time to, to let this sink in and let me... Uh... <laughs> explore this thought like an entire semester, right? Yep. Yeah. So I I took spring term off and my parents were like, we're not going to help you with money, but you can use anything from our upstairs. So that meant I had like a 55 pound pack starting out and most people have like a 25 pound pack. So that stuff adds up, man. All that equipment adds up quick. Yeah. And so flew down to San Diego, got a ride to the border, started at the Mexican border, started hiking my first night on trail. I was so scared in my giant tent, just like hear everything. And it's like, oh, probably something's going to get me. But then, you know, miles and miles go by. My pack actually broke because it was too heavy. And some, oh. yeah, and some hikers helped me like sew up a new one. Someone sent me some new gear. I was kind of in that official range of what people normally carry. And then from there, I, made a bunch of friends and you saw the, the uh, comment on legend. I got the trail name for that earlier or on the Pacific Crest Trail because we were sitting around the campfire talking about how nice it would be to have pizza. And it was like, well, I'll go back and get us pizza. So I walked out to the road, hitchhiked back to town, got us a pizza and hitchhiked back. And they were like, <laughs> there's no way you did this. It's legendary. So the trail name stuck. That's legit, man. When you need a pizza or when you're like, I'm craving something when you're like hiking or you're like toughing it. And then that happens, even though you didn't magically teleport somewhere. That's legendary. That's legit. <laughs> that's pretty much exactly what they said. And then the trail name <laughs> stuck. <laughs> <laughs> I get it, man. I get it. It makes sense to me. Yeah. The food craving, the anything craving when you actually get it is just like, whoa, that's as good as I expected. I'm real about cravings, man. Like it drives (laughs) my wife crazy because like she gets cravings, but she can fight it off. Whereas like I don't get them as frequently as her, but if I get one, it's happening. And like, I'm going to stop a lot of things to do it. And it's like, I've woken up in my bed at night and I was like, I need a shamrock shake because I knew that they were out. You know what I mean? 2 a.m. I was was sleeping, dude. I was sleeping. And I woke up and I was like, I need a shamrock shake. And I said that to my wife and she's like, great. I was like, no, like now. And she's like, no. And I drove out and I got a shamrock shake, man. She didn't go with you though, right? No, no. Okay, good. No, no, she's not going to buy into that shit, dude. I'm on her side. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's not fair. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I am of the mindset. I love ice cream more than anything. I would get up to have some ice cream. I don't know that I would drive to the store. I think you're a different species at that level. I'd be the uh, the guy to go get the pizza, man, I guess. If I felt it too. If I didn't, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. That's where that was born. And then, you know, it really escalated from there. But that's kind of the whole origin. And then went back to school, got a degree, got the job in a suit, made some money. And then I guess wake up from work. And that's where we're at, right? Yeah, man. I think I literally on our website, I have like a video. It's like the banner or something for when you come into the site and it shows me in like a a suit getting out of bed and then high five my co-host at the time. And then all of a sudden we're in our like band shirts and shit. And it's just like, I don't know, man. I think that there's like a real threshold out there that people have for bullshit. And people are like feeling that a lot, like a lot more, I think, than they ever did. Even they're feeling it and they're doing stuff like that. So for that piece of it, Jeff, like it sounds like you did that Pacific Crest. You did that in that semester? Yeah. So I did it. So I had spring and summer off. So I did it from about May to early September. Damn. Made it back for fall term and then kept going to school. Wasn't completely inspired by school, but I was 20 years old. I didn't know that there's any other routes in life. And I think yeah. this is 2011 back then freelancing was kind of more called gig economy. You didn't really know that there was this freelancing world where it's like, 
oh yeah, no, you can do things ancillary. But I mean, I went down a great path that has helped me today, but it was like, oh, I just have to jump back into the channel that everyone's swimming down and then I'll get the job and everything. But yeah, I wouldn't have been ready to be completely on my own at that time either. But it was very interesting to go do this like very question thing and then jump back into like what everyone else my age is doing again too. So Right. Because you go on this piece that you're out for like, how many months is that? What? Like seven or eight months? I did it in four. I was like, Probably way too fast. I should have that's gone speedy. slower and had more. Yeah, fun, that's but. that's fast, man. Yeah, <laughs> that's fast because we have on our side of the fence here the Appalachian Trail. Yep. And I think the average for that's like usually like six months, and the Pacific Crest is longer. So doing that in like four months, that means you kind of hit it. You know? Yeah, I mean, I have a tiger, right? That's right. You got a shirt on, man. You're going. <laughs> yeah. But like, just, I guess basically, so I have on my, I've got like a vision board over here, just like all the shit that like are in the funnel of like, I need to do this thing. Like, I just feel called that I have to do this thing. And I look at it when I walk through the room just to kind of be like, yo, try hard, do things to try to get this on there's Appalachian trail. Yeah. But like, that's kind of like when I plan on doing that, is when I do finally step away from my day job, which is like, there's a lot of momentum right now. But when that happens, it's like you have that natural break where it's like, well, now I control my own employment, right? And that's Mm -hmm. six months off. But then I'm going to be living a different life than I've lived before at that point anyway. But what was it like to go from like this life that is traditional, right? I know you have your own original pieces that make any person a person, right? But you're going to college you step away for four months to just be in nature, to hike and just be that. And then coming back into it, what did that feeling feel like? Because I feel like for me, it's going to feel different because all my life will be different around the same time that I take that six months off to do. Yeah. But you, you stepped away. You did that. You're like, went into this complete different thing where time and day to day and the way that we experience life is completely different. Then came back to this format and function. How did that feel? That's got to be a weird experience, man. Yeah. Let me just start with little recent stories. So my phone recently fell off a cliff, which meant I was without it for a time period. And even going to sleep, getting up, operating, driving, everything was so much different that... Yes. Yeah. And it wasn't, it wasn't worse. Like it was different, but it was... Maybe the alarm clock is actually something that's a little bit like... <laughs> that's something... I guess you want to make sure that you know your schedule for interviews like this, but it was a very, I don't know, it was a moment where it's like, I need to turn my phone off more often, even if it's for six hours or overnight or something, because it was a different pace of life. It's like, Mm. I'm going to bed and I mean, I always wake up at this time, so I'll wake up at this time, but it was just like, there's no stress. There's no like, oh, I can't fall back asleep or I can't do something. I'm not reaching for a phone to see what time it is. Like it's not there. So that was eye opening. And then that's kind of how the, I hope that's a relatable thing for listeners and stuff, because that's how the Pacific Crest Trail was. It's like, you don't have service. You don't have email. You don't have like, you're not going to get out of your tent and just talk to the same people every morning. You're not going to have the same breakfast. You're not going to have the same schedule every day. It's like, everything is so variable that you get to be present. You get to live by this like true natural circadian rhythm that we yeah. don't really get. That was so cool. Like, yeah, sun rises at five thirty in Oregon or something and goes down at nine. So I go to bed at nine, nine fifteen, and I wake up at five fifteen. It, it's a very cool way to experience life. That's completely different than one completely guided by like, Oh, most people get up at six, so we should get up at six. Most people go to bed at 11. We should do that. It's like, no, when the sun goes down, you're usually tired. When the sun comes up, you're usually awake. And it's just like, that's what guides life. And it was a really cool introduction into what you could do. And I've explored that in, I don't know, a hundred different ways from every angle since then. But it was a really interesting way to see like what matters is I got to figure out where I'm getting water, got to figure out where I'm resupplying food, got to figure out where I'm camping. That's it. Beyond that, the world is so flexible. Right. It's like, I think about that in a bunch of different ways, Jeff. Like, first off, I think about like at our age and a lot of people our age, it's like we live, I guess, I don't know how old you are, but it's like I live at a unique spot where I did have a portion of life where cell phones really weren't 
a useful thing. You know what I mean? Like my first phone was a flip phone, then the texting phone. But like for the most part, a good portion of my life, especially the years where I'm most developed and most after things was with that technology in my hand actively. Remember T9 texting where you just yeah, like yeah. hit the number and it would guess? Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. We could but really like, impress our parents back then, yeah. It's like that even is different than kids now who are being born into the 2000s where they straight up came right out with the iPhone, you know, or the Android or whatever, but come right into that. And like, when you're talking about that, it's like, you have to make a cognizant choice to not have that. Like, it's going to almost like fall into your lap unless like your parents or someone who's influencing you chooses not for that to like show up. Mm -hmm. You're going to have a phone like appear there. And then like, it's like, once you have it, you have to make a cognizant decision of like, how is this going to control my day? Or how am I going to control this for a useful tool? And that's a really interesting point that you make of just like those times where you shut it off because I'm very connected. I'm always on technology. I podcast every week. Like all of this is like, it's always around. But people will usually see, and I've done some episodes on this. I haven't done any of the time off that you've done or like the adventurous of trips. But when I do take time off, I'll disappear, dude. I'll go yeah. like on an island where I have to like kayak all my stuff out and I'm there for a week with no other people or I'll go out to a cabin that's in like the least populated town in all of Maine and disappear out there with bears and shit. And I just disappear and I shut my phone off and I just go into that mode. And so I've only done that for like a week, two weeks at a time. But I know what you're saying where like you just live differently during the day and your mind feels different because you're doing things that are coming natural to you instead of, I don't think that we realize when we only live with the phone, I don't mm -hmm. think we always understand how that fucks with your consciousness and your psyche just by the nature of like, just like you said, just checking the time, just checking the time. But it's like that builds anxiety alone because sometimes you're checking it when you don't need to know the time right now. Like if you're not making that appointment, it's like, well, just get the things done that you want relative to how much it looks like you got for time and sunlight. It sounds like crazy because you're just not used to it, but it's, I like that concept that you're saying of just like how aware or unaware you are of like, what does a phone affect for our lives? Because I think that that's something where it's so young that we have no idea, dude, there's going to be 30 years yeah. out. We have no idea what actual effect this has. We just get stuff and then we roll with it and it changes shit like crazy. We don't know what that actually means for any of us until it's been like, way past that time. You know, we've had it for 50 years or something in our lives. And then you start going like, oh shit, that did this to this whole group of people. We have no idea. Yeah. You know? No. And the Crazy. biggest challenge I would give everyone, and I love doing this to like friends and especially my dad is when I'm home visiting my family, it's like, all right, we're going to leave our phones in the car. That means we don't get to listen to music. We have to interact with people in the store. And even if you're by yourself, just leave your phone in the car. It's not scary. It's probably 15, 20 minutes, but you know what? You have to talk to the clerk. You have to talk to people. You have to like feel the silence or whatever. Mm. I think it's like a really good example for everyone out there. And it's a very easy step to take. Everyone goes to the store. Just leave your phone in the car and then just feel the different shades of emotion or the environment or everything that you feel. Maybe you'll feel awkward. That's good because you're feeling something that you're filling the awkward space with by having headphones in. So I you're really feeling like something. Yeah. I really like doing that with friends. It's like, all right, we'll leave let's leave our phones in the car. And it's like, okay, it'll be weird, but I guess we'll be disconnected. It's like, okay, even if someone's in the hospital, we wouldn't act in 10 minutes that it would take us to get back here. Like this is a very low consequence like experiment. So I'd challenge everyone to just next time you go to the store, just leave your phone in the car. It'll feel just, weird. Yeah, you you'll feel. have a phantom <laughs> vibration in your pocket thinking you get a text or something. That's real. It That's really real. Is. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. It's so insane. I think in the past two or three years, probably I've gotten like way back into books again, but I had a huge hiatus. And that was kind of the same thing where like when I was just getting back into it again, when I went on some getaways, I would make it a point to like read books instead of watch TV or something on my downtime. Yeah. And I remember being like that, like some of those cabins or something I was staying in. I played acoustic guitar, I read books, and then I went hiking. That's the only things that I had to do. Or yeah. I played, I think my wife and I, we played like some board games. You know what I mean? And that was like super exciting because I hadn't done any of that shit all day. And it's like, at first you start doing those things and it's like, I'm bored because mm -hmm. I'm so used to this hyper stuff. Like, you know what I mean? A hyper amount of shit happening. You know what I mean? It's really what yeah. it is. 
And then once that stimulant's gone, I feel like it's like when you start eating good food, it's like when you are eating shitty food, it doesn't feel really shitty because you just are eating shitty food all the time. So it just feels Mm -hmm. like you always feel. But if you take two weeks and just eat extremely healthy, it like feels weird at first because you're like, I don't really know how this feels. But then you feel something different because you just like, oh, I was just in this way all the time. And now I realize that I felt something different because I put myself in the situation. So that's how that feels to me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right on point with that. A lot of bars have cribbage or something like that. I would say like set your phones where you get the like cribbage board from or the cars from or something and like do something super engaging or like next time you have people over set your uh your phones where the uh, board games came from because yeah just be completely into the board game and the people present so this is a the whole the side endeavor experiment that i've loved doing it's like so connected to my phone that it's like a third arm or something but it's like when it's not there it's sort of like Oh yeah, I, I remember this feeling as well. Let's uh let's yeah. explore this a little more. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And that's what I, I'm sure you get from nature, like nature versus society. I'm sure that you get some of those feelings mm-hmm. in that respect yeah. too, where like sometimes society's got its own wavelength that it's going. It's like it's just going in this way. And when you go to nature, it's like you're almost you're like removing yourself, right? Because there's no yeah. society there. You're just yep. there where it's like the only thing that all of there is focused on is survival and function. There's no other like stupid shit happening when you're in nature (laughs) between the animals and the plants and everything. It's like everything is either there for a function, like it has a purpose, like mushrooms and plants and things getting rid of old dead things, or like the animals have like a thing that they're trying to get done or survive. And that's why they're out doing shit. And everything is like a normal thing. Whereas humans we're so smart that we can choose to do things that aren't for our own survival in any way because we have so many things that are preset to just have us live anyway. Just like we don't walk out the door and be like, we're in survival mode to get to our car. We walk out the door to get in our car. Like there's no worry right there of like, I need to be alert when I'm outside because we don't have predators the same way that normal nature does. So all of the things that we've done to create society, it's just so different than what nature really is that I feel that when I get into nature, I'm like, I'm in a different place right now. And it makes me think differently too, because my functions change now. And I'm not supposed to be in all these other things that we've created to either be problems or a fun thing or whatever it is, which is all great too. But what do you think about like that? Now that you've spent so much yeah. time in nature, that two different sides, you've seen more than so many people, man. Well, I think that we've evolved to this point now we have this whole aspect of showing people how much better we are at, you know, surviving or getting through things or like looking good doing it or something. It's like, we're not doing it better anymore, but we're trying to show that we are anymore. It's like all the like things, especially in America are in place that if we do okay and everything, like we don't even need a phone to make it or a flip phone or something, but it's like, we put so much worth in this ability to show people how much better we're doing than the average, Mm. that that means more to survival than actually surviving. I mean, the Darwin Awards have been going on for, I don't know, probably 50 years now. And now it's like so ridiculous how many are because of being on phones. It's like we put more worth into showing people how much more epic we can be or how much better we are at surviving or getting through the same thing that it's taken away from our initial ability to survive. It's it's sort of goes contra to the whole thing. It's like we have so many tools and so many things in place that it's just like, no way. Like we're going backwards by having to broadcast or pretend that we have this down better than everyone else. And what goes out to the the audience is more (laughs) important than how we actually do. How you actually feel or are in real life, right? Yeah, that's way more important, apparently. Well, that's why, like, for the audience out there, I'm sorry we've like sidetracked so much, but like, I love having someone like Jeff's perspective on some of these things that I think about because it's it's a different perspective than a lot that we have on the show. But like, that's why I think that I come across as very cynical sometimes when I hear people having conversations about some of the shit that is going wrong because. I do feel bad about all of the things, you know what I mean? Like climate change and all of the wars and like there's shit that happens that's terrible. All of it's terrible. So first of all, 
But like sometimes when people are having a conversation, they like want me to jump in and be like, well, why aren't you so like fired up about this thing? Almost always, I'm just like, because we're fucking doing this to ourselves. And like, we literally just create shit. We're not using these resources to like build something that saves mankind. We like build a Burger King or something. We just like, we do a bunch of this shit to ourselves. And so I'm just kind of like, I want to live the best that I can be and do the most things that I can be good at possible. I still want to be happy. I'm still using all of these resources. So it's not like I'm changing anything, you know, but just want to be the best person I can and help the most people I can and the shit that I'm good at. And that's what I want to do. I don't know what else I can do at that point. So it's like not worth getting tangled into like all of these things that we create. And, you know, we're an interesting breed humans. We're just our own deal, you know? Yeah. I think it's just everything so cyclical that we really have to, I think, go back to this level of I breathe out and a forest of trees breathes in. Like that's kind mm. of what we need to connect to or else our whole world, I guess we can cuss on here is fucked. Like it literally is fucked. If we're (laughs) going to use that word, like if we're not protecting this basic level of things, you know, we don't need to protect. We don't need to protect cars and oil and international commerce. You know what? We won't be around if there's not trees breathing in the breaths we're breathing out. Let's just start there. Like, okay, as humans, I've seen a lot of trees. And if we keep clear cutting sides of mountains I've hiked through multiple times. And the next time I hike, they're gone. It's like, <laughs> oh my you know, God. that's just taking away our future. Like for a log cabin that some rich person's building, like, I don't know. I think it's just so sad to see like the Arctic refuge. They're trying to fight to drill up there. That provides four years of oil for the U S four years to jeopardize a natural place forever. Yes. Yeah. Four years gone. Forever. Gone. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like, how can we be so sure that money, which is something not backed by anything, such a fake thing, but we all needed to live. I agree. But, you know, the rich people are taking the money, you know, in Alaska, I have some friends up there. They'll get another hundred dollars on their stipend for the the oil line up there. It's just like, so $400 over four years to ruin one of the coolest places. Like, I don't know. We got to get our heads out of our ass and just know that every breath that we're taking, everything we're messing up is something we either got to fix in the future or something already here is going to help us fix. And you know what? It's as basic as trees or plants or, or anything like this. So it's kind of frustrating to have spent a lot of time out there and just see us like, especially some of this climate change stuff. It's like, maybe there's big things in place that we could do or individually, but it's sort of just like, I don't know. It it kind of starts with this whole feeling thing of how much are we going to care about certain things? And yeah, you yeah. Know, I think there's a lot of issues out there, especially now, but it sort of goes back to how do we live while we breathe? So let's start with breath. What does that entail? Oh, <laughs> forest. Let's start with forest. And then once we can all breathe, let's work up to the bigger issues where, you know, we can all like, I think we should be inclusive in everything at the same time. But you know, if none of us can breathe, we're all done for. Let's actually right. take care of our natural environment first. Right. Instead of flying into space with like four different spaceships in like four yeah. weeks, why don't we just focus on not fucking destroying the earth that we're living on right now, making yeah. spaceships on? Can we please just focus on that a little bit? But yeah, it's yeah, so, not clear cut to drill in the Arctic just to be able to power our spaceship, just to say we made it <laughs> as a billionaire to space. It's like, oh, okay. So we could have saved a forest that maybe in a hundred years would save, I don't know, a million people. Okay. So that was worth it. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's crazy, man. It's like, sometimes it feels like a train that's going and it's just like, you just try to keep doing things to fix the train or something like that. But like, inevitably the train's just going somewhere. It's because yeah. we just, we're so smart. People are so goddamn smart that we just are able to figure things out that we want to have happen. And we don't think about then the resources or any of the, like the past behind what goes into now allowing that to work. We're just like, dude, I figured out how to fly. We're well, humans. We can't yeah. fly. I figured out how to fly. And they're like, great, let's build more of this shit. Like, that's sick. We can't well, fly. Yeah. And then we just start flying everywhere. And everyone's like, wait, wait, we're, we're using like very specific shit to build all this. And they're like, yeah, but we made it so humans can fly. Every yeah. invention is like that. We're like, 
yeah, but I figured this thing out. And it's, you're like, yeah, that's incredible that you literally took like three resources and found out how to do this thing because any bear in the woods, they don't wake up and try to figure out like how the fuck, like a cape. They're just like, I got to go find food. I got to go find water. I need to make sure that things don't kill my baby, you know, but like, we're so smart that we figured this shit out, but we're not smart enough to be like, hold on. But those are resources that we really need for like the most basic things. And we don't need this thing. And people are like, but it's so cool. The bears in the woods are never like, yo, that's so fucking cool that you climbed up that tree over the river. The bears are like, that's stupid, man. You're way less likely to survive doing that. And the bear's not like, well, that was just cool though, to be up there. I'm not going up there, dude. I don't want to die. You know, like we're so weird. Yeah. Well, think about it. Think about it. Like now these billionaires have made so much money on earth that they're trying to spend all the money they made off of earth to get away from earth. <laughs> it's killing me, man. It's killing me. All right, hold on. I got to rope this back in, man, because I want to yeah. know more about you. We've but you just seem like the dude space. to talk We got to come back to, to inner space. <laughs> come back to the world here. Come back to waking up from work and doing shit that we love because that's just an easier thing to comprehend, you know, (laughs) for me. So like you took this break, you went to school, you went into working. So now how does it work out that you come back out of doing the job at this thing you got a degree in, and then you go into this whole space of being like a outdoor blogger and writer and like, how did this all happen for you? I guess, what was the story from going from that job to this new thing. And what's some advice for people? There's so many people that want to, you know, van life is getting hot, hiking, working in different areas, remote. People are, are, I think, waking up to the idea of like, let's do different ways of living life right now. What went into your transition into that? And what's some advice for people out there that might be like, I need to find ways to make income while hiking and traveling and doing things like that. What, what were some things that went through that for you, Jeff? Yeah. So I graduated college, went into a career in finance and accounting, small business consulting stuff. Cool. Did that for, I don't know, 14 months or so. In the first few months, I got invited on the trip to climb Mount Rainier and went up. We climbed it without a guide. We kind of just cobbled it together, got our own (laughs) beta and made it work on the glaciers. And then it was like, oh, cool. I climbed my first 14,000 foot peak. And Colorado has 58, 14,000 foot peaks. So it was like, wow, I've climbed one. I should climb them all. So over the next, that summer, 2015, I climbed all the Colorado 14ers that summer on top of working. So this was just on Saturday, Sunday, because it was just like, once I get obsessed with a goal, I go for it. So I did all those. And it was just like, I only look forward to the weekends when I'm at work. Like I need to figure out a way yeah. out of this. And it was like, well, I've saved my money because I've literally done no partying because all I've done is hiking on mm. the weekends. It's been gas and going to climb a mountain for 12 weeks in a row. And so after, I don't know, 14, 15, 16 months, year and a half-ish, I quit and hiked this thing called the calendar year triple crown. So I hiked the Appalachian trail, the Pacific crest trail and the continental divide trail in the same year. And became, Damn. Yeah. The youngest person to ever do that. And Holy shit, really, man. Congrats. Yeah. That's dope. Thanks. Yeah. And then wrote a book about it. Got that little bit of passive income going, had to go back into the finance and accounting field. I would say this is a huge lesson is like, it's okay to go back. It's okay to even work in consulting or short-term stuff. It's not like I'm leaving this career, this industry, this nine to five. It doesn't mean you have to do it forever. Sometimes there's hiccups, there's speed bumps, Mm. there's things that come up with family or things like that. And you know what? All my past employers just from being a good employee, a hard worker have been so receptive to like, yeah, like let's, as long as you're up front with kind of your intentions and stuff, there's a lot of opportunity to build back up if you're like a van lifer or trying to build out a van or whatever, like in that middle stage or transition period, there's a lot of opportunity. So I did right. that for about a year just to, I had some stuff I was writing for digital trends and finishing up my book, but I didn't completely have, I wasn't even close to having enough passive income or stuff coming in. It's always a build at that stage. And I wanted to jump back in. And I think that's a really good thing that 
people are always like, oh, van life, I'm diving right in. Like, it's okay to have an in and out a couple of times, especially if you're that person who has good relationships in like gig economy or if mm. you're getting paid as a contractor or something. If it's six months at your old employer, if you were really good, like, I think a lot of people support people being adventurous and they're like, oh, I love seeing your stories and like things you're doing online. It's like, oh, if you love those so much, can I come back and work for six months? And you know what? They'll usually be like, okay. And especially if it's like a November to March thing where it's a tough season to be traveling. I think I don't do that anymore, but I think it's really important to throw that out there as far as a kind of outdoor industry professional. Now yeah. I want to really emphasize that it wasn't like, Oh, I'm quitting. Now I'm successful. Now I'm doing this. Like there was a lot of overlap. I've had to do a number of jobs back in the career. I didn't want to go back to and it wasn't bad, but I had, it's more an outlook than anything. I had this outlook that this is the end goal. I was up front with employers like this is probably six months of doing this. I'm saving for this, probably not going to be doing this in the future, but they're supportive. I think it's really cool. Anyone who has the ability, the drive, the determination to do that. A lot of people want to support you. And if they can help you with work or something and you're a good employee, they'll do that. But I wouldn't burn any bridges because it's not yeah. like yeah. I'm quitting right away and jumping in. And you might have had that too, where you had to reach out and have some work with former employers too. It's just it's not as cut and dry as now I'm working for myself and I travel all the time. <laughs> right. So thank you for sharing that, Jeff. I think that that's a very refreshing thing to bring up, especially when you were talking earlier about the social of like, it just becomes about us showing that we're doing it, mm -hmm. even if we're not doing good. It's like, well, there's the opposite too. Of I, I think like all through this podcast, like I work really hard to be very transparent when shit's shitty for me. I'm like, stuff sucks right now, guys. Like yeah. stuff sucks. Cause I'm in the middle of like a big jump and maybe I'm like financially pressed because I just took a big risk. Or maybe I'm doing something because it'll get me to another spot. But like, I always like to just share those moments where you're having a hard time doing it, but you're also still showing that you're getting what you want out of it. So it's like a more cut and dry picture of like, you want to be like an, an outdoor blogger or writer, you can mm -hmm. do it. But yeah. there's some things that you're going to have to deal with on the way. And this is the things you have to deal with. And that's a choice for you. Do you want to deal with those things or not? So I like the transparency there. And I've said on the show millions of times, that's an exaggeration, but millions of times <laughs> overnight success is a 10 year thing because oh, yeah. of the social thing that people look at and they're like, oh, someone's boom. They were just born into it. It's just like, no, these people are usually working for 10, 15 years, interning for people, working, learning, doing like their day job, doing whatever. And then like, they're finally in a spot where like it's built up and they're good. And they're obviously still focused on that thing and they're doing it, but it's just like, I love for people to be aware of that and feel more comfortable with like, it's cool if you're not there yet. And it's also yeah. cool if you need yeah. to come back to it. And like, that's the other thing that you brought to it of people get all in the zone of like, it has to be in this order. Like I have to be done with my job to go be an outdoor blogger or do this major hike or something. And you're just like, if you hate your job, as long as you're not like a dick about things, you can always come back and work your job again or another job like it. So it is also cool for you to just not be weird linear about it because it's life and li life is just crazy as shit and just go hike it right now. Go do that yeah. right now. See what you want to do. And then guess what? You can always come back to a job that you fucking hate. If you can't like make it yeah. work right now for the thing that you want to do, you can go out and try that stuff. And that's totally cool to come back to your day job. There's going to be people out there that judge you for it. They'll be like, oh, he tried to do this thing and he came back for it. But it's also like, they don't understand then because like you're you're not about that. You're just trying to do the things that you love to do and you're just controlling when they happen in your life. Like recently, I, I'm going to even do a full episode on this. Like I talked to a financial advisor because I'm doing some really aggressive things right now for these exact reasons. And we almost got into like a debate because he's like trying to advise me and he's trying to tell me to do some things that make sense for like a normal trajectory of like retirement and things like that. And I was like, dude, I'm not doing everything in my life till I'm 70 you know, years old so that I can retire and die after 10. I want to live right fucking now. 
I want to live right now. I'm working on things. I'm not naive to the fact of at some point I'm going to be too old to be able to do things that I need to account for that. But it's like my focus isn't on working these jobs with this way. I'm going to be working some weird stuff to be able to do the things that I want to do over the next 40 years. And it's going to make it so that I've got to do different things than this. And it's because I want to do things now. And we have the choice to do things now. And a lot of it can come down to killing overhead. And I talk about that a lot. You know? well, well, I mean, look at your vision board right now. And it's like, could something happen tomorrow? Like my phone fucking fell off a cliff a couple of days ago. It's like, that could have been me. That could have been anything. And like how much of your vision board is unaccomplished if you're not just like, yeah, you have to have an eye on the future and an eye on the present. But mm. if both eyes are on retirement, it's just like, what? So I'll get to retirement and all these things like, initially hiking the Pacific Crest Trail at 20 yeah. years old, I never would have done that. Like, right. And then I've done a, a ton of awesome things since, but if it was just like this traditional path and, you know, there's two things, it's like, you need to have one ball in each court kind of thing and focus on each thing. Like right. you obviously got to be able to survive tomorrow, but you want to be somewhat happy or have an eye on happiness today. So it's sort of like, this whole thing of keep some options open, never burn a bridge, but what do you actually want to do? And why aren't you doing it today? And if you're not doing it today, are you going to do it tomorrow because of what you're doing today? Like they're reversible. Are you going to work hard today to do it tomorrow? Or are you doing it today and going to have to work hard tomorrow? That's kind of how my whole life has revolved around like September. I'm working hard on a lot of stuff. In October, I have a pretty cool month planned. It's like, maybe it's not month to month, but it's like, plan, but figure it out. These shouldn't be dreams. They should start to be goals and plans versus just like someday. I'm so tired of being out on the trail and hearing someone say, someday I want to do that. It's like, all right, tell me 2045, you're going to do that. Like, but let's put it on the calendar and make it a plan. Yes, exactly, dude. I love that. I like that coming from you because it's just some of your actions have shown exactly what you're saying. Like you're backing, you, you've done things to back up what you're saying where you're like, dude, I want to do this thing. And it's like, you don't have a plan necessarily for every single possible thing that could come up. Just like you can't when you're hiking trails like that, but you're just like, but I want this to be part of my life right now more than a lot of other things. So I'm going to make this part of my life and then we'll figure yeah. this out, you know, and you have to be smart and you have to figure shit out and put things on the, the goal list that are things that are happening. But yeah, so, I love um, that. So my dad actually had open heart surgery six months ago. My parents have always wanted to hike the PCT or at least a portion of it. And so it's been six months and they're actually out hiking a 400 mile portion of the PCT. So that's awesome. awesome. Yeah. I went back home when he had surgery and we would walk maybe a quarter mile a day at first. And then week two, maybe up to a half a mile a day, but it was like this six month goal and now they're out doing it. And, you know, they both have had these long, big careers, but I think the biggest lesson is everyone has these things like, Oh, I'd love to do that someday. It's, it's not like, Oh, well, we'll figure out how to do that first. Decide if you actually want to do that. Cause I think we're really like, Oh, it'd be cool to go to Iceland. Oh, it'd be cool to do this or that or whatever. It's like, figure out the couple things you want to do. And, mm. and then I'm big on there's three stages. There's the dream, which is where you like, oh, I'd love to do that. I'd love to do that. So the dream stage is like, oh, it'd be cool to do that. And then the, the goal stage is I'd love to do it in that way. And then the plan stage is like how I'm going to plan to do that. So that's right. literally how I do it. So it's the dream goal and then the plan. And that's literally how I wrap up everything. And some things fizzle out at the dream stage. Like, It'd be really cool to do things like Everest even has been a dream thing that has definitely fizzled out, has never made it to a plan or even a goal stage. It's sort of just like not really that interested because you should have so many things in your dream phase that you're like, yeah, that'd be cool. But when I dial it in, not that into it. And then your goal stage is like, oh, if I live to like 100, maybe I can do them all. But your plan stage is like, what do I want to do in the next five, 10 years? Mm. Start planning it. Yeah, I like that. It's like an easy way to like think through those things and not basically try to control not getting overwhelmed, but also not not doing anything about something. Like your steps feel 
good about that because you're right. Like you dream about a, a bunch of different things, especially when you talk to people and they tell you something they've done. You're like, wow, it sounds incredible. But like, yeah. we do have a finite amount of time and actually not a lot considering all the other things that are factored in that we need to do to do these things. So you do have to dial in a little bit of like, you can't dream about everything and then plan to take that dream to market and go do that thing. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, that would be overwhelming. You're like, I need to do all of these things. Well, you can't, you can't do everything. So what, what really is it? But then when is that going to happen? And then like, when it's time for that to happen, then am I doing things that like send it? You know what I mean? Like perfect example for me is like, I just did a episode about having like a healthier relationship with money because I went from spending badly like three years ago too hyper frugal because I'm trying to get low here so I can do whatever I want to do. Right. So I'm yeah. hyper frugal and I was just not going on vacation, dude. Just four years since I went on legit yeah. vacation, I was fried. And so right now I'm in the major renovation right now and I'm spending money like I've never spent in my life and I'm just, it's endless, right? It's just an endless renovation pit to try to make this mm -hmm. thing work and it will work. But I was like, I'm going on vacation and it's like, I fucking don't have that money. <laughs> like that money is spent, you know what I mean? And I don't yep, have the time yeah. because stuff has to happen for this build. But I was like, booked. November, booked. Worst time, don't have the money, but it just has to happen because it was one of those things where I was like, dude, I'm not living in the present right now. Like I'm just not alive right now. And I need to do that for myself again because I deserve to have now be good too, not just future David. I have to work hard for the present too. And that's kind of what you said is that way to think about what do we need to be happening right now? And like, what's actually important for me to achieve? And what am I going to do about it? Yeah. On this topic, just one more visual I'd love to put in people's minds. So I, and I've never said this so actually out loud. So this is an exclusive. I love to think right here, of it, people. <laughs> I love to think of it like an hourglass. So Really, we're focusing on the top because you know the bottom is what's already happened. That's your past, and the, the top of it, you got your dreams, and then you have your goals, and then you have your plans. And you know, as it trickles down, like that's what you've done in your life, and then your plans are the closest to having happened. Your goals they can trickle down into plans, and then that's what you do. And then your mm. dreams up there, maybe they become goals, and then plans, and then you've done them. But you know, at some point before you've hit all your your dreams you die. And it's sort of like, which ones do you want in the bottom of your cylinder by the time that that wow. thing's capped off? So that's kind of how I've started thinking about them. I love that. Like I'm yeah. coming out with like a clothing brand that basically like helps people like on the daily, like either have confidence in like what they're doing or, or ideas like this. And you literally just made me brainstorm a design just yeah, by you talking right now, man. It's deep, that, deep yeah. shit. Yeah. Let's we'll, do we'll it, man. That, yeah. Okay. I'm down with that. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. No, I think it's so much like, let's stop pretending we have infinite time. Let's stop pretending we can do infinite things. And let's start doing the whole like upside down food pyramid of like, what mm. do you actually want to do? Let's start with, <laughs> everyone loves brainstorming sessions, but you know what? Sometimes you got to circle those and be like, what actually is worth it? And let's move them down two levels and let's be like, all right, you got two things left. You might die in 10 years. You might die in 50 years, but let's like actually start doing some of these things. So right. I think we over brainstorm and then we over, I don't know, we're so optimistic about how much we can do in the future, especially with this retirement plan we currently have. It's just like, mm -hmm. all right, let's figure out what we want to do. Let's get it done. Like, let's do like two to five year plans. Let's do two to three year plans. Let's start doing these vacations. Like, you're like, November, I'm doing it. It's the worst time. But you know what? I'm doing it because, hey, maybe December will throw me a curveball, but at least I did it in November. Like, let's start right. living like that. Yeah, totally, man. And I think that folds into everything you said about like, there's always a way to, to do something. And sometimes we think of life like way too linear of how things need to be in a certain order and how things need to be like, listen, once you get out of high school and there's like that bullshit around you in college, it still floats mm -hmm. around a little bit of like people telling you the ways that things have to be done. Once you're out and you're doing your thing, no one fucking tells you what you have to do as long as you're paying your bills and you're paying your taxes and shit. If you're in the US, it's like, you know, Uncle Sam and the IRS, like they can actually go into your bank account and take out 
You know what I mean? There's shit at yeah. play here that can take everything away from you. But as long as you're doing all of that shit, there's no actual rules of like what you're supposed to do. If you want to save up money for 14 months and then just go fucking hike for ridiculous amount of time. Go to Bali, live, live on a scooter, whatever. Yeah, yeah you do. You go do it. It literally like you're, you're alive and you just need to play by the rules enough that someone doesn't come in and, and fuck up all your stuff. But like, there's nothing else other than that. As long as you're being like an ethical, good person, the, the rest of it is literally what you decide. And sometimes we get really hung up. And I think a lot of it is just like straight up judgment from people that we care about. And that's just not worth it because they'll change their judgment. Yeah. They're going to change it with you. When you show them you're, you're a different person, you made a choice to do something different. They're going to move right along with you and be like, whoa, didn't realize this person cared about this thing that much. Didn't realize they needed to do these things in their life. But once you're doing them, they're like, this person's a different person than I knew about. Or they keep naysaying, they need to go. Sorry. It's just like, it's that simple, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just really big to, you know, we always talk about deciding what's important, but it's like, that's not on just people or things that you have. It's also experiences. And, and I think deciding what's important, we focus more on the present, but it's like, Let's focus that on the future and just to take it full circle. You can always go back. It is easier than any time in the past to ask for a leave of absence. If you're a good employee, it's like, I want to go do this for four months. Hmm. Can I have a leave of absence? And you know what? If you are a good employee, everyone's going to invite you back. Just drive around town everywhere as we're hiring posters. Like This is the time to ask for something if you want to do it in the spring. Ask for it now. My parents are on this month-long hike because they asked for it because they've done so well of being so good for so long that it's that's like, awesome. Well, we can't say we're going to fire you. I guess so. Yeah, go do it. So I think yeah. this is so important <laughs> that now is the time when if you're an employee looking to wake up from work, this is your leverage. Like, don't quit. Ask for the leave of absence. You know what you can do at the end of that if you fall in love. You can quit, but at least you have something to go back from. Leave that safety blanket. You don't have to quit and go do something epic. You could quit from Bali. You could quit from wherever. Yeah. But leave that leave of absence. I think that's another big lesson as far as like how I've done things is like, no, I'd love to leave it open to come back, but it's way easier to quit and say you're not coming back than to like beg for your job back. So just be like, I'll be right. gone for six months. And then it's like, actually forever. But that's a lot easier than say, well, it's been six months. I'd like a job. <laughs> actually forever. My bad. Didn't yeah. realize that till I was here. And then I was like, this is way better than there. And I like this. So I'm going to keep doing this. Right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's a lot easier to say goodbye than it is to like say, hire me again. Damn. So we're creeping into time. We got to get out of here and I have questions that I want to do at the end, but I don't want to, uh, not hit on this because we had a huge like side hang time earlier. So I'm going to ask you one more thing here that I want to make sure I covered. Then I've got those questions that we got to hit at the yeah. end, if that's cool. Yep. We didn't talk about your book at all, man. Cause I was just talking about your experiences, right? Yeah. Cause I thought they were so unique to a lot of people that we've had on the show so far, but do you want to tell people real quick about like, you know, the book is called free outside the websites free outside. What is the you, book you, about yeah, YouTube, YouTube channels free outside? Everything's free outside. <laughs> you know, what, well, I guess, what is this concept real quick that you have? And then I'm sure that it's not something that you can cover briefly, but what is this book about and what drove you to create the book off of this principle? Free Outside is kind of just coined out of everything in life, kind of just, you know, wow, this is an available URL. It sounds cool. And then I kind of grew into it or something. It's almost like if you name a kid something, they grow into what you name them or something. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, I started this website and then kind of just started living and adopting this concept and then quit my job. Well, quit. I would like to, we'll clarify. I went off and I took a leave of absence for up to a year. It turned out to be like nine months, but I went off and hiked 9,000 miles. And this was my first experience of leaving this path that was very standard for everyone out of high school. Right. And I had experienced this for, you know, one term off of college in the summer by hiking the Pacific Crest Trail. But I told my employer that I was leaving this to go hike 
something that, you know, less than five people had ever done. And I was going to be the youngest person to do it. And I was successful and I wrote a book about it. And it starts with how I quit my job. So it's very fitting for the podcast. Oh, sweet. That's awesome that you included that because sometimes people might jump right to the portion that you know a lot of readers are going to be into that you're like, this is how it happened. That's awesome. Yeah. It's on Audible too, if you're into that. But then I think it's really important to say that I went back to that career as a contractor. Like I couldn't jump right into this like, oh, it's my dream. I did this awesome thing. Like it's going to lead to money. No, it often doesn't. Like van life, even if you're epic, often doesn't. Like it's a process and it was nearly a year. I started building things during that, launched the book, but it's been a probably three-year process until I was completely able to live on everything externally from a real employer. And I think just going back to the book, like I got charred by moose, swam frozen rivers, walked 8,000 miles in a year across uh, 23 states, the Appalachian Trail, Pacific Crest Trail, Continental Divide Trail, all in a year, the youngest person to do that. And then at the end of that, it was like, wow, I mean, didn't really expect money, but it's like, oh, I'm done. I don't know what I'm going to do. And it's like, there's some speaking stuff, there's some stuff, but it's like, oh, it costs a lot more to live in the real world than it does to live out of a backpack. Whichever world is the real world, I don't know. Yeah, 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 (laughs) yeah. But it it was just like a very healthy concept that I like to share that leaving that option open, never burning a bridge and having that ability to go back as a contractor for an old employer and not burning a bridge was just super important. And yeah, the book starts with waking up from work, but that's not the end of the story. You don't wake up from work and you're done working. Like There might be some jumps back and forth. You got to be able to self-sustain. It's a build process. It's a really fucking awesome, fun process. You know what? It's not easy. It's not linear. It's not, it's not just straight trajectory up to the moon. It's, sometimes it's down. Sometimes you're asking people for help. Sometimes you got to rely on someone that you used to know. Sometimes maybe someone you don't like. So don't tell me you don't like them when you're working with them. Don't have your epic moment where you drop kick your computer out a window or something. <laughs> I think of like the scene from, what is it, Office Space when they're exactly, like, exactly, the, the baseball bat. bats. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny, people out there who haven't seen Jeff's YouTube channel yet, you're going to like see the hard times because like, Dude, it's like, it's actually like, I don't know if it's just the videos I watch, it's like pretty bismal sometimes because like, it's literally just a montage of you being like, oh, great. There's a million mosquitoes that are all outside of my, my door before I open it. Oh, great. Everything in my tent is wet and there's water. There's like an actual river that came through here. And you're like, and I just fell in a frozen lake and it's winter time. It's just like a montage of just like Jeff unhappy. So if you ever want like some like. So I'm like, hey, my life's not that hard when you're like getting like a Starbucks coffee or something like that. You can just watch Jeff get shit on by the elements on his channel sometimes. So yeah, I'm gonna try, I'm gonna try to show everything from like some I love of that. that, some of the good stuff, just some of the outdoor stuff. And then especially I'm gonna try to interview some other people who are working in the outdoor space, which is cool. so highly sought after that it's like I'm not going to interview them. I don't care what they're doing now. I mean, we'll tell you, but you know what? How did you get to here and tell us how it sucked? Because you know what? 99% of people gave up when they didn't. And that's why they're there. And that's That's the point that's that's not out there. Like, yes, totally. Yeah. I should have quit. I mean, I slept in a parking garage trying to get business cards in an event. And you know what? I pressed the button before I left the parking garage. So I didn't have to pay. So on the other side, you know, say I was there for one minute. Yeah. No, I think there's a lot of things people don't admit pretty cool to make money in these like glamorous spaces, like music, artistry, photography, videography, the outdoors. But you know what? It takes years. It's not like, not like go to school and then you're like, Oh, apply there. Then I'm there. It's like, no, there's the button. Less less than living wage. (laughs) You've been paid, I'm sure, less than living wage for many jobs or zero just to get to where you are. And mm-hmm. I think it's so important. So that's relaunching the YouTube channel. You can find it free outside. And it's going to be funny. It's going to be entertaining, informative. But I'm going to try to hit on like the real things because we, 
we're just glamorizing too much. I need it. I don't look good in a bikini, so you're not going to see. Well, you might see that, but it's not going to be your <laughs> most favorite video. <laughs> I love it, man. And for people who are joining in late or something, or if you're listening to this on podcast, we're going to have his channel in the show notes. So if you go to the show notes down below, you'll be able to click a link and then you can just hop right into Jeff's YouTube channel and see what he's up to with that relaunch on that. So, all right, I've got five questions for you. Actually, hold on. I changed it to six. Man, I'm changing shit up on myself after 126 episodes. I've got six questions to ask you and you don't have to like hit them as hard as in these other ones. They're kind of like more rapid fire, but you have, you know, take your time to answer it. But these are my six ending questions if you're good for it, my man. Yeah. Cool. All right. So first question, what is the, along the way, say you could give the lesson to someone else without them having to experience, which I know that you don't experience it quite the same way, but what's like the worst thing that you've done along the way? Like, Hey, five years ago, me don't do this thing. It absolutely sucked. Oh man. Wear socks. You hate. I'm a big sock fan. If I was rich, I wear a new pair of socks every day. If you hate a pair of socks or a pair of underwear, just throw them out. Just treat yourself one tiny thing. Okay. So the worst thing you've done is to wear socks or underwear it's, that you hate. <laughs> it's not the worst thing, but like crusty socks on a record setting hike have led to some, I've had like Grand Canyon looking things on my feet. So yeah, I'm going <laughs> to say that flows right into this. And I would just say feet and underwear, just treat yourself socks and underwear. You know what? We all deserve some level of being a king or queen. Yeah. You're already living out there with like <laughs> most creature comforts gone. Give yourself one bit of thing to thank yourself for being a human, you know? Exactly. Like, hey, we deserve this shit. Like we invented these fucking socks on a mass scale. Let's buy some good <laughs> socks today, you know? Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> Contrary yeah. to our rant earlier, you know? Yep. Just- All right. Backside of it. What's the best thing that you've ever done? You're like, damn, am I happy that I did this? You should do this today. Visit the Grand Canyon or hike across it. I think Mm. that showing up, looking at it is what everyone does, but just hiking down into it and experiencing the massive scale on your own level just really shows the level of nature. Like one mild, small river carved that. I think that that will just give you so much substance and ability to conceptualize what nature can do in your life. But I think it's so epic. (laughs) Right. What would be a resource that you'd recommend to the audience? Could be like a podcast, YouTube, movie, a book, anything like that. I would say hmm, there's so many good climbing films out there, especially I would just recommend anything where you watch climbers live out of their van and do something that they love because it shows how much you have to love something to live so Mm. frugally. Anyone specifically? Any like Um, things, series or anything? The beginning of Free Outside with Alex Honnold or Free Solo, oops, with Alex Honnold is pretty solid. He's lived in his van for years. So that's pretty awesome. Cool. Okay, sweet. I'll put that in the show notes too. This one I usually ask at the beginning. I don't know why I didn't remember to this time, but I'm still asking it. I didn't forget it. Why do you wake up and do what you do every single day versus any other thing that you could do on the earth? Just inspired by it. I think that's the main thing. Word, man. It's a good way to feel, a good way to live. What would be your superpower? What is the thing that you're like, people are like, damn, Jeff, just fucking not have to sleep. Not have to sleep. Really? 24 hours a day, every day. So easy. (laughs) Holy shit. All right. Oh, and the not have to sleep thing. I never even asked you about this, but I, I fucking wanted to cover the uh, the Barkley marathons because that was the most ridiculous shit I've ever heard. We don't have time, but that was the most ridiculous shit that, you, oh, that shit. I've ever heard of doing that thing, dude. I'm going to put that in the show notes. I'm going to put your article on those yeah. on there. Literally, like I did my first marathon last year, just a marathon. And I was like pumped up. And then I read that. And I was like, Jesus, dude, this is the most ridiculous, brutal thing I've ever heard. So. Barkley marathons. Jeff was in that. That was that this year, right? Yeah, yeah. Twenty. Yeah, crazy. 20, 2021, like March, maybe. My God, I'm going to put that in the show notes because I don't have time, unfortunately, to cover it that in this episode. But I think the last one would just be: Where do people keep up with you, man? Where do they keep up with Free Outside and what you're up to? The Free Outside on Instagram, FreeOutside.com, Free Outside on YouTube. Just Google free outside. You'll find me backpacking routes. I started that so many cool places. 
Cool, man. Well, so first of all, thank you people who are on Instagram, hanging out with us on Facebook, hanging out with us for this live. If you're coming in late, you want to hear this whole thing is like a podcast, wakingupfromwork.com. This will be out in maybe three, four weeks. And I'll, I'll shout that out to Jeff too. So he, he knows it. you can hear like our full conversation, but Jeff also thank you, man, for taking your time to be on here, share your, your insight from your journeys, man. I'm, I'm definitely going to have to check out more of what you're up to. And if you're ever in Maine, Absolutely. let me know. I might let be me know. soon. Yeah, I'll let you know. Okay. Teaser alert. Yeah. Cool, man. I'll buy you some food or host you up or whatever is most helpful for you. But definitely... Mm-hmm.